Well, well. Who wants to live forever? <laughs> The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Hey everybody, this is a really special episode of Flash Gordon Minute. It is our first bonus episode where Eric and I talk with Howard Blake, the composer of the non-Queen music in Flash Gordon. Mr. Blake was amazing, he was really generous with his time, he couldn't have been any more charming. Uh, it was just a great interview. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it as much uh, as uh, Eric and I did uh, having the conversation. One word of warning, because of uh, some technical issues, we didn't have exactly our uh, best sound quality, but you're still going to hear every word he says, every story he has. Uh, Mr. Blake literally put his life at risk doing the music for this movie. It- it- it's really great, and please enjoy. Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. Eric, this is a a very exciting day and something that you've been working real hard to do, so uh, introduce our new friend today. Yeah, we're very excited for this special episode's guest today. Uh, He's been composing and directing music for more than 50 years, producing more than 650 works. Uh, That includes the scores for movies such as Amityville 3D, SOS Titanic, The Lords of Discipline, and The Duelists. He's written the music for hundreds of TV commercials for such diverse clients as British Airways, Kleenex, Gillette, Pabst, Colgate, W.H. Smith, Kmart, and Volvo. He wrote the score for the beloved animated version of the British children's book, The Snowman, and a song from that, Walking in There, has been covered by more than 40 artists in a variety of styles, including Placido Domingo, Joshua Redman, and Kenny Loggins. In 1991, he composed a piano concerto commissioned for Princess Diana's 30th birthday. In 2010, he received the British Academy of Songwriters, Composers, and Authors Gold Badge Award for outstanding work within the music industry, and he's even an officer of the most excellent order of the British Empire, a.k.a. an OBE. But most importantly to us here at Flash Gordon Minute, he's the man whose music we call out to the best of our non-professional musicians' ears every time we hear it, the man who shared a British Academy Award nomination for Best Score with Queen. Please welcome to the show, Howard Blake. Uh, we're really excited to have you here. This is uh, something that we had no idea when we started doing this little project. We'd be able to have someone as cool as you. As we've gone over this movie minute by minute, we've just fallen in love with your music all the more. You have such a varied career and done such uh, uh, impressive music. What is really amazing is... Your music so well suits this movies from in going into the campiness and the fun and the silliness. Uh, it's been really amazing. We, we, we've just been enjoying it so much. Good. <laughs> it is a camp, a camp movie, and it's, it's a very unusual movie, isn't it? Oh yeah, yes. That's one of the reasons we love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> when you went into this, you know, when you got hired, and I know, and of course, always having to take everything you read off the internet with a grain of salt. But our understanding is you didn't have very long to work on this film, 
Did you know going in what sort of movie this was going to be and what sort of what sort of requirements there were going to be? The history, how I came to do the film, it's the most unusual story, really, which I can tell you if you like me to. Oh, we'd love to, sure. Please. I was sitting quietly at home on a Thursday afternoon. Was it? it must have been 1981, I think. I got a call from CTS Studios. Wembley, which was our top uh, film music recording studio in London, and John Richards, uh, I was working with him a lot, uh, he recorded most of my movies at that time, and he said, uh, I, are, you, are you doing anything important today? I said, yeah, no, I said, I'm, I'm quite, why? He said, um, could you get over, like, to, to the studio now, like, uh, get me Which would be important. <laughs> I said, what do you mean, Jeff? He said, well, Bally said it. Like, there's a huge misunderstanding happened. And uh, the boys here, you know, they, they, they've produced, they produced, like, a song called Flash. Um, they've been working for a couple of months. And we understood, you know, that they were going to be, the music was all going to be ready. In fact, they'd given it over to a certain uh, arranger, writer and they had been led to believe that he would have it all written and prepared and all ready to go and the orchestra's book. <laughs> anyway, we worked for, for Monday, Tuesday and, and he, he was trying to like dictate the music uh, without having written any music, like talking to the orchestra saying like, when you see Flash enter at the top right hand of the go, bah, bah. <laughs> So Dino 
Basically breaks down some beats of the movie. With, with yeah, a break, a breakdown, and it gives you all the dialect, look, and every single movement, split second off, and so on. And that is what film composers work to. We work to now, that. So now this is interesting. I mean, I understand, you know, Queen is, is a rock band. They weren't involved in the, in the soundtrack because it's the person they hired, you know, to do it. But he's, I, I won't say his name either, but he's mostly known for rock and pop music. So I understand yeah. them getting into something that they didn't, quite understand the process, but Dino De Laurentiis had been producing movies for decades, and it, it, yes. it sounds like he didn't even understand the process. Well, well I, I, I don't suppose he'd ever be in, in such a situation. Ah, okay, like, yeah. And, 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 and no, cer- certainly the, the head of uh, music, Universal, would understand. I mean, he just said, I can't believe nobody's done that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was really a misunderstanding. I, I, in a way, I can see that uh, Queen, you know, they, they're a group and they, they were a huge money-making group and very famous there. They thought that they could sort of make it like they would make uh, an album, which is, you know, you play a bit, you record a bit, you, okay, you get an idea and, and you get a bass line and then you add some harmony to it and then you add the vocals and, and you work. This is, this is how most rock music, pop music is made. And it's not, it doesn't have to be written down, it can be improvised and, and so on. Um, and this, 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 uh, I call him Paul. As I was Paul has said, you know, I, I can do this, I can, I can take your ideas and I can work on them and I can pass them on to the organ. Anyway, it was impossible. So I, I think we've established that. So I said, well, okay, look, eventually I got my agent in and they started. 
good year. It'll take, I mean, I think really it'll take up four weeks. Gina says, no, you can't make do this to me. Find out 50 million pound at life. No. <laughs> well, you know, what, what option have you got? You know? I mean, you, you, find, you ask anybody, I mean, I know, could you do it in three weeks? I said, well, look, I, I'll, I will do, I did, what I'll do is I said, you don't have to. Maybe you can some, do some sort of deal with the orchestra. And I, I doubt it, but you know, you might be able to say, could you could you come back in, in a month and we'll charge you, a, give you a discount? Anyway, they wouldn't do that. They just said, goodbye. <laughs> we want to do <laughs> We're going. I then said, okay, I managed to do a deal, and I, uh, or my agent did a deal, and I started to work on it. And I said, okay, well, it's crucial to get you. Know, we've got to get the breakdown. Can you believe this? The, the guy who's doing the breakdown, he said, I'm just going on holiday. <laughs> I said, no, look, listen, you, you are not going on holiday. You. Anyway, so he said, you know, well, I've been working this. Uh, no. Anyway, so it was, I mean, it's very difficult if you haven't played, you know, like people, they've all got their agendas and their, what they're doing. Sure. To do something, it's very difficult to sudden, suddenly change on a huge movie like that. Change everything. <laughs> for them. Yeah, yeah, amazing guitarist. Yeah. <laughs> 
the first job I did was writing the scores for the Avengers, and I used to write uh, an Avengers score in, in one week flat. So it, it wasn't. I that was a very good try training for writing Flash Gordon. so suspicious to your neighbors is like the people coming and going on motorcycles all night. Nine, nine sessions. 
sections of three houses. Now, in the studio, you know, and it's a big, broad section, big wooden section. I, I, I had a very big part for synthesizer, which was played by uh, Brian Gascoigne, a great friend of mine. He was absolutely the, the best uh, synthesizer player around at that time. And I had full string section and uh, harp and pianos and the works, you know, and, and anyway. And this is a different orchestra from the one that had originally taught you how to find a different orchestra, correct? This is, this is a, yeah, this is a different, this was the, uh, this was the National Philharmonic Orchestra, which mm. was uh, Sid Sack's prize film, specific film recording orchestra. I mean, it was uh, actually, I worked with them a lot, and they, they were the best because they were really the best musicians. The, 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 film, the, the orchestra that had, had been booked was actually, it was, I think, the Royal Philharmonic, who I also used to work with quite a lot, but no, they, they'd gone and they were off doing something. So, no, National Philharmonic Orchestra, Sid Sachs was the leader, and uh, anyway, it was, it was good, we got it, and Queen was there, Dino was there, everybody, and, uh, and it went, it went very well, it went very well, and I managed to get the whole thing finished in Japan, and they were all very, very delighted with it, and I'd really saved, saved the day for, for, for them, I said, well, you, you can now, you know, you can now get dubbing straight away, you can, you can mix it in with, with Queen's work, and uh, you should be okay. However, yeah, I must tell you, I won't go on too much for longer, but I, I got home, and all through these three days, I, I'd felt fine. I'd gone out to dinner in the evening. I'd had a good time, and I'd be, I, I thought, it's amazing how I, I don't feel tired. It's quite extraordinary. I, I sort of started to feel like Superman, and um, which is sort of dangerous. I, I realized later I, I was... Um, I was in a, on an all-time high, you know, this thing. And I went home, I, I, I crashed out. This was Wednesday evening, Wednesday the third day. Uh, and uh, the next thing I remember is my wife, she's, she's um, trying to wake me up. She said, I, I, thought, I thought you were going to Paris. I said, yes, I'm, go I'm going tomorrow, uh, Thursday. I'm going to Paris tomorrow. She said, it's Saturday. <laughs> She said, she said, Sally, you, you know, I had been sleeping uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday into Saturday. Unbelievable. And she, she couldn't wake me up. She could anyway, I got work back. So she couldn't wake me up. She called a doctor. She called a doctor. Doctor came and, and he injected with me with Benzedrine to wake me up. Oh, my God. He, he examined me and, and I can remember this day. He said, you, you, you are suffering from acute bronchitis. And acute pneumonia in both lungs. And he said, You are in very, very bad shape. <laughs> I'm going to drug you up and try to get you back into life. And uh, he, thank God he came back in the nick of time. And I saw him a week later. I was, thank, I recovered okay. Very, very tired. I slept, slept, slept. And I saw him again. And he said, he said you, Thank God. Your wife called, called me in. He said, because if, if you hadn't had a doctor, you would never have woken up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How about that for a story? Boring Flash Gordon almost killed you. <laughs> it, it really did. So 
just just through, through exhaustion because the time fact the time factor it was I mean was to to do what I did in that time was an impossibility. People said, well, why didn't you get help in? I said there wasn't time. If I'd got you know to brief brief people, it would have cost me. But I just had to write. I just had to get it all down on paper, and I get it. Of course, I had copyists. I had four copyists. They would arrive on their own cars and motorbikes. They would take stuff away. They copied it. So by the time I got to it, it's all all copied, full orchestra, all ready to go. So yeah, that's the story. And so you had said originally you told them you wanted four weeks. It ended up being whittled down to ten days. But even the four yeah. weeks sounds yeah. like was a concession to the time. In a, in a normal process, yeah. how much time do you really have to score a movie? Well, I mean, in in Hollywood, you don't get much time. You didn't. Know, you still don't. I, I, I mean, for a big movie, you would get four weeks, five weeks. I I probably the most I had on a big movie was probably six weeks, but. If you're doing a score for a, you know, for a TV movie, you probably would get between one and two weeks. But if you if you if you do a big feature movie, well, you'd expect you'd expect four weeks. I mean, minimum. But to do it in ten days, no, you never lose it. No, you're out of your mind. You know. But it it just happened really because it just the whole the whole thing was a disaster just because they'd been let down and you know they I I find I thought I would have four weeks and it got whittled down. It seems like it would be even more complicated than a normal movie because music is so important to this film and it can't just be generic, pleasant in the background no, no, music. Was, I mean, at, at this point, I'm going to say um, I mean the best the, the best piece of the film for me, which is actually not in the film, was the duel on the fight flight platform, which is a seven minute piece. It really is a fantastic piece of music. And what, what, uh, then we, then we come to what, what happened after that? What happened after that is, in came, uh, the, the, the lawyer, uh, Jim, Jim Beach was the guy who, who ran, who ran Queen. And of course, he then tried to pick that. While they're talking, they're thinking, well, we can put in, now we know how to do it, we can put our own bits in. <laughs> so Queen started doing some more stuff, and then they said, well, you know, it's got some more or less, so it's got, to, we've, we've said we do this score, and it will be Queen doing the score. So they were in another difficult situation, so they're trying in the dub to make it put in more bits of Queen and you know they, they used my score so it more of a sort of a, 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 a collaboration and in fact when we done it I, I, we, we did get a, a joint uh, award for best score with Howard Blake and Queen uh, and, that, and that's what it was and in a sense uh, people say so it was the first sort of major collaboration between a rock group and and a, and a, and the classical score to sort of really work which I don't know if you'd, you'd agree with that well we definitely think it worked I mean uh, oh, I think, oh yeah I mean we love the music yeah but it, it really was a lot of people say well it's the first time that sort of a huge sort of collaboration between a, a classical score and a and a rock score mixed together and really sort of it made, made a sort of very unusual score 
And I feel like Queen is one of the few bands where that can work because they were never afraid to you know, to pull from those influences anyway. Uh, I've heard yeah. other films where it doesn't work as well, where they have a movie where they have, I don't know, Van Halen does a song for a movie and then there's a weird orchestra version of it later in the same movie and it's jarring, especially if they try to transition from one to the other. Because Van Halen isn't a band where you think, hey, that would sound great with an orchestra. But Queen sort of meets you halfway there a little bit, so I could see how that might work a little better. Yeah, but uh, on the whole, I mean, yeah, you hear my my orchestra has a very distinct sound, and it gives you that feeling of uh, of the old Flash Gordon movie updated into into the present day but it's and then and then the rock band is is very uh is a very contemporary sound and so you 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 really mix the two in in that score when you look back on it i mean you know this 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 story i mean you know you had it crammed it into 10 days i mean you end up sleeping for three days the doctor says you know it's a good thing i revived you and you know on your on your website uh this this uh where you go through your history on the movie you wrote everything to do with Flash Gordon was disappointing what's your take on I me mean, because now you know this is a classic movie now that, that has a big cult following mm. your, your music's a big part of it you've you got the joint nomination how do you look back on it now uh, all these years later I think it's uh, you know I, I think it's great uh, I, I just at the time it was, it was a sort of nightmare a nightmare job it, it was it was an inhuman amount of time <laughs> Uh, to do it, but on the other hand, I did do it. And um, as a as a movie writer, you have to be fast and you have to be very adaptable. And and I was. It, it, it just, in fact, perhaps I might if we if we sit down and listen. It is a huge score, and maybe the whole thing does work. It's 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 very hard when you've written something yourself to make that sort of a judgment. You know, sure. You think, hey, where's that bit gone? Where, yeah, that's not in the right place. You know, it's all that. And, uh, you, you, tend, you tend to sort of walk away and you say, well, are you happy with it? Yeah, okay, it's happy. It's good. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it is. It, it is a sort of classic event in the cinema of, of this, this, a score of this sort on such a big movie. Uh, working in the way it did, so I think I've got to say, I think I've got to say, stop saying I'm disappointed. Say, Rocky, aren't I lucky to have written such a great score? <laughs> well, I, yeah, as, as Brad and I uh, sort of hinted at earlier, what we've been doing is we've been going through this movie a minute at a time, any time, and we're not professional musicians, so we're just doing it on, on, on being just you know regular people, and we hear in each minute any musical cues that are not from the Queen soundtrack we've been calling it out to showcase just how much of yeah. your music does thread throughout the throughout the movie so you you got two big fans in us that's for sure well that's very nice to know thank you very much <laughs> so much of enjoyed your time and it's so great to talk to with you um, if people want to find out more about other music that you've done uh, you know where should they go you, you mentioned your website is that a good place to, to well, find them? If you go to my website, yeah, and you go to movies, they're all listed there. I guess there's a, I mean, if you include TV movies, there's about 80, 80 movies, I think. And you, you can also look up, if you go to my, first of all, if you go to my website, you, you can go to 
it's going to music and then you can see music is divided into different uh, different areas uh, movie scores concertos uh, theatre ballet I've, I've done most things commercials as you mentioned I did a lot of as well I really learned to write was doing was doing commercials which is also something you do very fast and you write you very often write for big orchestras so all of that you can you look all at all, at all of that you can it's that also uh, on my website if you look up a score like flash gordon it will probably uh, refer you to my autobiography i have a big autobiography which is a sort of diary of my life and if you can go to that you can look up flash gordon and it will tell you this story of how I came to write it and who I met and uh, how it happened. So, yeah, you, you, can, you can follow that through and you can also look at uh, other, other great films. My favourite film, one of my favourite films, was, was uh, Ridley Scott's The Duelist, which was, which, was, which was sort of the complete opposite of Flash Gordon because... In fact, we, I had a long time to do it because they, they, they hadn't finished the editing and they'd take me on and I'm, I was waiting for it and I wrote it scene by scene and there'd be a gap and they'd say, we've got another scene for you. So that, that's like we're coming in at, and that, you know, every, every score has a different sort of pace and a different uh, story to it, really. So some of those you can see on my website if, if you're... Uh, if you're interested, you know. We recommend everyone do that. It may, Mr. Blake, this has been fantastic talking with you. And, uh, Eric, uh, any other questions? Uh, you've, uh, Eric's worked so hard to make this happen. And, uh, Eric, what, what, anything else for Mr. Blake before we let him go about, back about his day? Yeah, if you, if you have, indulge uh, one more question. I did want to ask you something about the commercial, uh, the work you've done, because you have done so many. You, you've got, like I said at the earlier at the beginning, you know, very diverse list of clients, and I'm just wondering, you know, like one of them is Paps, which is a beer, another one is Kleenex, which is tissues. How do you <laughs> approach, you know, two such different clients like that and, and, and choose how to score an ad for, you know, a tissue versus a beer? I'll tell, tell you how I got into that. I, I never set out to try and get to write commercials at all. At one point, I, I, I looked at it. I started my career after I'd had a sort of classical uh, uh, musical education at the Royal Academy of Music as a, as a pianist and as a composer. And then I got out into the real world and then I started playing uh, uh, jazz and, and rock. And I was, I was an all-purpose pianist. And um, I actually, I started playing, and then I, I was playing in a club in uh, Leicester Square in, in Ranaman. And, and, and I was, I was talent-spotted from Abbey Road Studios and he said would you like to come and uh, work in Abbey Road Studios anyway I became a sort of in-house pianist at Abbey Road Studios at, which was the great time to be there it was the time that the Beatles were there since 1965 64 Flash a long way before Flash what happened um, I, I was playing on some big concerts like rock concerts with people and I can't think of anybody at the moment they <laughs> Uh, who, who had taken over from Barbara Streisand and uh, 
she, I was playing for her, and she said, I, I met her husband, and, and, and she introduced her husband, his name was Peter Collinson. And I said, what do you do? He said, I, I, I make commercials. Oh, God, I, I thought this was quite funny, and I thought, I didn't know anything about it at all. Anyway, I've, I invited them over to, to dinner. Uh, this uh, Lisa Shane and Peter Collins, who I'll tell you slightly more about him in a minute. But so, Annie, as a joke, um, I made I made some spoof, spoof commercials on my. I I had a, a, a rather good uh, tape recorder, multi-track on, and in, in the studio, and I made these commercials called "Get Yourself a Collins." You know. You're never alone with the Collins. <laughs> His name's Collins. And, she said, and he said, very funny. I suppose you think you think you could write commercials. And so I said, no, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. I said, just my... <laughs> so I thought I'd really upset him. The following day I get a call from the top, the top uh, advertising agency in London, Bentham Bowles. And they said, um, is this Mr. Blake? You had dinner with Peter Collinson last night? Yes, I said. He said, um, he'd like you to do three, three commercials for us. Um, uh, Picador Cigars, Camay Soap, and Cooperative Society. <laughs> do you want to do them? And I said, you're kidding. I said, I, I thought he was never going to speak to me again. He was so impressed with what I'd done. I suddenly got in right at the top of the commercials, which, which is quite a hard thing to do. And, and I wrote three, and, I, and, and they were all different. So my co-op was for big band jazz, which I could do. Uh, and then uh, Kamei was, and I, remember I wrote for like uh, acoustic guitar and string quartet. <laughs> so, softness is a thing called comfortable, but it's not worth it. from the Batman movies, uh, uh, gosh. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. He was basically in everything, but yeah, Michael Caine, he did the original uh, Italian job, uh, which is an yeah. excellent movie. Anyway, and I actually played piano on that for Peter. <laughs> and, with, and, and, with, and the director was Quincy Jones. Oh, oh. So that's about 
it's called could you write a, a jazz arrangement so I said so, sure this is the same so I did that and that went on this gave me an intro to Elstree Studios where he introduced me to to um, Laurie Johnson who wanted somebody to take over the Avengers so I came from doing commercials writing for Bernard Hammond working with uh, Quincy Jones suddenly um, um, I took over writing the scores of the Avengers which was at that time the biggest uh, TV movie in the world it's going out in 192 countries so that I had, I had this extraordinary sort of upward movement of my career over quite a short time from about uh, 65 to 67 68 and that's how I came to do all those commercials oh, that's amazing <laughs> the most famous my most famous commercial is still running uh, which is the British Airways commercial which is which I actually came about when I was doing the score of Tony Scott uh, on a film called The Hunger with David Bowie uh, and Catherine Deneuve Susan Sarandon a big I was musical director on that Tony Scott you know he had this tragedy he committed suicide off the bridge in yeah, a few years back. Um, excellent director. Directed yeah. uh, Top Gun, and probably one his biggest commercial success. Uh, brother of Ridley yeah, Scott. Top, that's right, a huge success. And um, that was, uh, I, I, I worked on his film, The Hunger, just before he did Top Gun. In, in that film, The Hunger, um, I just tell you this story quickly that uh, he said, we, I want this, some music. Um, the student sound and then Catherine Deneuve and, and they're in this set that looks like a sort of Egyptian temple and uh, a sort of a love song between a sort of. And I said, uh, I said, well, it, there's, a, there's an opera called Latme where there's, there's this princess of the slave girl and they you could use that this is like a sort of duet for two girls and he, he said well play it to me so I found an ancient old record and he said could you score it and I scored it and it went on to into this film a couple of years later he called me he said I've, I've, I've done this commercial for British Airways and he said I've, I've just made it's the best camera shot of all time it's the shadow of a 747 going up the Empire State Building that's amazing. He said, could you come and look at it? I've got an idea for it. So I went into it. He was in London in there. Uh, Ridley Scott Associate uh, went up there. Amazing shot. And he said, he said, you know that, you know that thing you did in the Egyptian temple? Do you think you could fit that to this with two sopranos and orchestra? I said, yeah. I said, so I did. British Airways loved it. And they made it their signature tune. And it, it's still running. To this day, if you get her on a British Airways flight, da 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 da
world's favorite airline brings 24 million people together. concerts i've seen like that i know Hans zimmer just recently came to maryland and not for any particular movie but just performing the music of Hans zimmer so and i think they played some of the scenes on the, on the big screen above where the orchestra was playing and you could see them play along yeah. with Hans zimmer. you know that there just seems to be a market for that uh, yeah i would uh i have friends in uh, i have friends in europe i i i i, I might make the flight that would be a uh, part of a fun vacation so uh, i i would love to see that happen And how you know there is a lot of interest, and I mean this this well this 
know, because I say, you know, they, they would love it if there was a, you know, an arena version. And um, I, I, I get that through to them and say, you know, and they, I, I can say, well, they could ring you up and say, you know, talk about it. Um, it it's it's amazing. There is, there is a market. It's funny, you, you mentioned um, uh, Hans Zimmer. Uh, I tell you a story about Hans Zimmer. I know Hans Zimmer. But uh, I'll tell you how he got he got where he did. Um, you know, I mentioned working with Tony Scott on on the on the hunger, and in the middle of the hunger, uh, Tony said to me, "I mean, it's a very it's a very spooky uh, film, and there's the, all these uh, skeletons up in the people who are dead, been dead, killed by Dracula up in the attic," and he said. He said, I, I want some music, all the music was found from different places. He said, I want somebody who could find some really, really horrible electronic music that makes you feel terrible, you know. And he said, and I'm, I'm not going to ask you to write that, Howard, but you'd make it too nice. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, do you know somebody who, who could, like, just dig up stuff, like, on, the, on a, by pressing a button? or, you know, dig up some electronic music. And I said, well, my friend Stanley Myers, he said, my great friend, he, he has a little studio in a basement down the road here uh, in Fulham. He's building out a whole um, website of stuff, and he's, he's really useful. And I, th I think if we asked him, he, he would probably help you. So he, he said, um, what's his name? I said, his, his name's um, Hans Zimmer. Oh, he said, I never heard of him. I said, well... <laughs> He said, could, could, we, could we go and see him? I said, sure. I said, I'll give him a ring. So, I, and he, he just was looking after this studio, studio for him, you know, and he was using the time in between doing sessions to build up this, this, this library of, 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 uh, of, of, music, of music for film. So I ran hands and um, I said, are you doing anything? No, he, I, he said, I'm, I said, I'm going to bring... Uh, Tony Scott over to see us. Oh, he said, fantastic. <laughs> we went over there, and anyway, and he said, you know what, and Hans said, and he said, well, you could do this, and listen to this, and listen to that. That gave him an introduction to, to the Scott brothers, and then Tony introduced him to his brother, Ridley Scott. From that, some while after that, uh, Hans went off, off to Hollywood, and he really took off in the most incredible way as you know but so I, I really gave him the first real top, top line introduction into the into the into that world it's it's amazing and I just tossed his name off the top of my head and how tied in everything is and I mean, he, he's obviously uh, it's so fantastic you were able to give him that first opportunity and then he, he ran with it so yeah. much of having success is you need the talent and the drive but also it helps to you, you, sometimes it's so hard to get your foot in the door so it was amazing that you gave him a chance to, to get his foot in that door you know I saw because I'd, I'd met him and I, I thought you know he's really he's ahead of everybody because he's seen the, the way forward is that you you build it you you build yourself up a memory bank of, of all the film music ever written, and then you've got it at your fingertips. And then when the film director says, can, can, I want this to sound like something between Bach, Stravinsky, and Philip Glass, and he goes,
some really uh, great innovative stuff I, a lot of a lot of people say you know this is guy talented don't 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 give it to, don't give him the job but I've never been like that I always think you know you know there's room for everybody Mr. Blake this has been amazing thank you for being so generous with your time uh, this has just been a joy thank you so much it's a great pleasure and uh, if, if I I'll I'll, I'll, I'll forward this to the makers to the, the guys who do to Jim Leach and to Brian May and I'll say I've done this interview and I say look Eric, Eric would like it to go on at Wembley Stadium <laughs> an audience of 100,000 get on with it <laughs> yeah I think okay. Brian May cares about me <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure he does <laughs> okay so much thank you so much Attention listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at FlashGordonPod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute.
across the world The villages go by like dreams The rivers and the hills The forests and the streams Children Everyone who sees us greets us. 